Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by Pastor Brian D. Corkin be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. Don't you all look just marvelous? Oh, I'll pay the $10 later. This morning, um, we're going to be looking at chapter 2. Well, excuse me, I'm way ahead of myself sometimes when you do things ahead. We're going to be looking at chapter 1, verse 3 this morning. We're going to be talking about our living hope. Now, last week we got together and we talked about Peter, all of the different events that that Peter went through in history and what we have about his character. We talked about what it was to be an apostle, one that sent, that's where we get the Latin word missionary from, missio. Then we talked about pilgrims or foreigners or um, aliens, as you're going to see in 1 Peter. That's how... The Spirit of God, through Peter, is addressing them because of the persecution that they were under. Now, you have to understand that these people were in areas where people didn't like them. So they were persecuted so much by the Roman government. They were persecuted by the Jewish people because these people were a group of people called the Way, and they were serving the Messiah, Jesus. And they, had, they were like not second-class, third-class, but maybe fourth- and fifth-class citizens. Matter of fact, the government thought that the problem of society, these people were not even good for society. Does that make any sense in the day we live today? And the reality is, when you think of what Jesus Christ wants to do for you and I, you would think, why would anybody turn their back on love, mercy, grace, forgiveness, help? Just as so goes on, the list is all good. Someone say, mm, good. Better than Campbell's Soup. But yet many people don't really want to even learn of the goodness and the greatness of God. And so today, we're going to look at a portion of Scripture that's powerful. Now, my intention was to cover 3, 4, and 5. You wouldn't have wanted me to cover 3, 4, and 5 this morning. That's all I can tell you. And I got stuck on verse 3, and this happens to me periodically, where I just can't go on to the next verse because of the content that just is one verse. How many know that just the word Jesus can really, you can pock there for a long time? Can you know what I'm trying to say? Go ahead. You can't describe him. He's indescribable. You know? I mean, he's just all that. And uh, so we're going to look at a portion of Scripture, but I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to at least read my intention for this morning, though we're going to look at just verse 3. Here it goes. Praise be the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Someone just shout, Amen. Amen. Mm, I mean, isn't that good stuff? That makes any preacher's liver quiver. But we're going to look today at verse 3. Forget about that little 5 that's there. The guy who did the PowerPoint wasn't paying attention. 
<laughs> praise be the God, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to get this now because this is important. Because who is the Spirit of God talking to through Peter? People under persecution. People are having a bad day. Have you ever had this happen to you? You're having a bad day, things are not going very well, and your friend, Mr. Bubbly Christian, comes into your life, and while you're having this really not-so-good day, comes in and says, well, praise the Lord, God is with you. <laughs> it's in those moments you like to not to be a Christian. It's in those moments you like to say, you know what? You came in, you can go right back out. And the bubbly Christian comes in at a time where you're faced with the hardships and the persecution and things are not going well for you. Whatever it may be, the list can be long. But in all reality, you need someone to come into your life when you're having a bad day like that. Because when they come in, they actually brighten it up. But Peter's doing this. Remember who he's writing to? He's writing to people who are in really difficult times. And he starts off reminded them. Someone say, remember. As I was studying, I was praying, I was studying, I was praying, God was just speaking to me in so many ways, and I couldn't get off verse 3. Matter of fact, I was stuck on a salutation, which most people bypass pretty quickly. But yet the salutation to a letter always sets the mode. You know, how you start a letter, have you ever wrote a letter to someone and it was a really difficult letter? Now, I know the Spirit of God is inspiring him, but, you know, I believe that when God was speaking, and we'll talk about that in a second, because God is speaking in his word. It's God's word. And I'll show you that. But when God is speaking, he puts just what needs to be there, and it's so powerful. And so here's Peter saying, praise the Lord. It's like that friend coming in when everything around them is not going very well. I don't know about you, but when Peter says, blessed be the God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, it seems insensitive to Peter because they kind of need a little help. But no, he's saying, you know what? He focused their hearts and their eyes on what God has provided. And he's now saying, praise him in the midst of your pressure. Say that. Praise him in the midst of your pressure. Or say, my pressure. I need to praise God in the midst of my pressure. You see, when you have pressure, when you have problems, you need to understand how to praise God. Because what happens so often when problems come, we say this. You know, God, you didn't show up. You show up for everybody else, but you don't show up for me. I don't want to ask anybody to raise your hand about that, that quote. Because I think we've all said that one time or another thinking that God's always working better in another court than over here. The reality is that's a lie of the devil. Someone should say, that's a lie of the devil. You see, this portion of scripture reminds you and I a key to remember. And the Spirit of God is speaking to Peter to encourage the readers to remember. Remember what, you may ask? What they have heard... What has been said and who promises those things that have been said? For example, when someone comes up to you in the human realm and promises you something, I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you have ever had someone break their promise to you? Raise your hand. Yeah. Now, I want you to say no one's perfect. 
okay? You're not perfect, so you need to have grace as well. I wanted to say congratulations to Justin, too, for his, uh, his diploma that he received there in school. Great job, guys. Great job. <laughs> he pushed it through. And sometimes where you have pressures and problems, you have to push it through. And this is what Peter, 1 Peter, is talking about, to a people who need to push it through. So what did God say? Uh-huh. Now do you know who said it? It's God. People may say certain things and disappoint you. God will never disappoint you. I know you think he has, but you haven't allowed him to work out what he's working out. Hang in there. Stay steady. Wait. Be patient. Let God work its work. Don't jump ship when the ship is still moving. Someone say amen. amen. And definitely don't jump ship without a life preserver. You need Jesus. I'm going to show you something here in a moment, but in 2 Timothy 3, 16, it says, all scripture is God-breathed. And it talks about all that scripture will do for us. Now, the word breathe is the very same word that God did and blew in the, breathed in, in the nostril of Adam. When you read your scriptures, listen to me, we forget this when problems come. We forget this when we're between a rock and a hot place. We forget this when all of a sudden the sudden things take place in life. And we as God's people are weakened by the, the things that happen in our life or the things that don't happen in our life. And Peter here is encouraging the body of Christ through the Spirit of God as the Spirit of God is moving upon him for a task. Don't forget, remember what God said and who said it? It's important. Because sometimes that's the only thing you're left with. Look at this. Look at this. I want you to get this. Second Peter 20, 21. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man. Someone say will of man. Never in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Someone thank God for the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. You see, the words that Peter is speaking are coming from God to encourage the people of that time, but to encourage us as well. God's always working in three-dimensional. He works in the past to work in the present, so he works in the future. Because God's beyond time. Just the way God works is amazing. He's always on, working on your behalf. Look at your neighbor and say, he's always working on your behalf. So I want to talk about this, first of all. In 1 Peter chapter 1, look at verse 3. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We talk about the praise aspect. He focus on the praise. Praise him no matter what you're going through. Praise him in the midst of your problem. Praise him in the midst of your pressure. And then he says, well, what are you going to praise him for? Praise him in his great mercy. Someone say great mercy. Mm-mm-mm-mm. We as God's people forget about the mercy of God. And I want to talk about two sides of the mercy of God. You see, we just, yeah, God's mercy. And we take things so like, yeah, 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 like, you know, done did it. Yeah, I know all about it. You know, it doesn't make a difference. I have learned this and learned this and keep learning this. It doesn't make a difference how much you know. It really doesn't. It's what we do and how we do it consistently. Peter tells us that all these words are coming from God. And then he says this, praise him and then do this. I want you to remember his great mercy. 
So let's stop for a minute. Where has God's great mercy been involved in your life? How has his mercy came into your life and stepped in? What do you des- what, how have you ever messed up and you deserve whatever, you, you deserve whatever, but you got the mercy of God? How many here? Anybody ever make a mistake, just one mistake in your life? Just one? I see a couple hands, just made a few mistakes, one mistake. Yeah. But thank God that we have a God that has given us a great mercy. Because what he's describing here is the living hope. But within living hope, we have ingredients. We're going to talk about this living hope. No matter what you're going through, this hope is for you and for every situation you go through. And sometimes we just don't think our God's living enough. We're not seeing enough. We want more of this than the other thing. Can I just tell you this? That Sometimes we play a big part in that. We want God to do everything, but unfortunately there are some things that play our part. We are involved in that. Look at your neighbor. He says he's talking to you. Peter is praising God for what he knows God has given to every believer in Jesus Christ's living hope. And this first one is this, in his great mercy. Mercy is displayed because it's part of God's divine nature. I hear people tell me all the time, this is what they say to me. Pastor, I read the Old Testament and I read this portion when God says, go in there and annihilate everyone. And they'll just pick and choose the portions they want and say, well, I don't see a God of mercy. I don't see a God of love. And I said, and I listen. And then I stop them. I says, is it my turn? <laughs> I wait for my turn. I said, can we read like the whole story? Can we see just the whole process? Can I show you a few things where how many times God was trying to intervene and do things? God never jumps to judgment right away. If he did, you and I would not be here. Just a thought. Maybe countries would not be here if it wasn't for the mercy of God. Just a thought. See, God always tells us ahead of time. Did he not, does not, the scripture says that he sent forth the prophets to warn them, but they would not listen, but kill them. Look at poor Jeremiah, what they did to him, and would not listen, what God was trying to intervene but no, they would not listen. And when we, as God's people, do not listen, we bring havoc, we bring pain, we bring anguish upon our lives. Not because God wants to judge us, not because he's great in mercy. But the problem is, when ears are stopped up and hearts are closed, God goes to the next level. And this is just, I say this as individuals, but I also say this as a country. We, as God's people, God's church, need to really start to get hold of God. For our own country. It's so important. How, come on, can't you see how fast things are changing? Listen, I've lived a few days. I'm very young. Don't laugh. I, I, I say that with confidence. <laughs> now, I lived a few days, but, but I'll tell you what, man. I have never seen things change so fast in so many levels so fast that I can't keep up with them. It's that the momentum is going so fast. We need to really start to seek the Lord and understand there's a great mercy and stop in your hearts bringing judgment upon people even if they're different or have a different philosophy of you because God has mercy. Someone say amen. I don't care what you are. God has mercy. God sees value in everyone. Whether they're in sin or not, he still has mercy. Did he have not have mercy on Nineveh? How wicked was Nineveh? And yet, in the mercy of God, God did everything possible before judgment would come. 
I just want you to say he's great in mercy and we should celebrate that. Look at this portion of scripture here found in Psalms 86, 15. But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and a gracious, long-suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. You see, people will look at what they want to look at, but they will not look at the whole counsel of God. I want to remind you, as Peter was reminding those in problems, what you're facing today, what hardship. I need you to remember, just as Peter was telling the people then in Asia Minor, listen, you got to remember, your God is rich in mercy. Your God is great in mercy. Look at this one, Ephesians chapter 2. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Can someone say amen? amen. You say, Pastor, this is simple. I know. Oh, I shall know. Problem is, that's the problem. Simplicity has great strength. And simplicity, until simplicity is applied, we don't see strength. We really need to understand problems are going to come. Problems are going to come. And you may say, why am I facing these problems? Why does it seem when it rains, it pours? <laughs> you got to remind yourself what Peter is saying to the people who are under great persecution. It's important. God has given mercy even when those who, crea- who he, he created, he, gave, he gives mercy. What did Jesus say in Romans 5.8? What, is the, what does the word say? While we were yet sinners. What's a sinner? Can anybody tell me a sinner is? A person who does not... Hear this, this, <laughs> a sinner is a person who knows what is right and wrong and chooses not to obey the laws of God. And yet, even disobedient, a little rascal like you and I, God still loves you, and because he loved you, he died on the cross for you. I don't know, but that's a definition of love. Aren't you glad you're loved? Yeah, You see, but when someone that you don't like or they're hard to get along with or they really frustrate you or you like to pop them. I know that's none of you guys because you guys are sanctified. (laughs) But God demonstrated his love towards us that while we were rascals, we were sinners, he died for us. See? So here... Peter is talking to a people going through some real problems. Nobody likes them. You know, they're trying, to, they're trying to live. They're trying to get out. of. They don't want to die. Some places were real, depending on the ruler. There are certain rulers. And some of these rulers that were over these districts uh, there, they were ruthless. They were tough. Everybody knows about Nero, but there was other ones there that were really harsh on the believers. But let me say this. Mercy has a two-way sword. It's a, it's a double sword, mercy is. And we don't realize this, and I was kind of hitting to this, because as he's telling them of God's great mercy, and you receive great mercy, you have to give mercy. Hello. Someone just say it. I have to give mercy. You see, we want mercy, but we don't want to give mercy. You know what we say? They don't deserve it. Oh, yeah? Do you deserve it? Yeah, I deserve it, because, you know, and you'll give me all kind of good things about you. Did not God die for all? Yeah, he did, didn't he? So if you receive mercy and God gave mercy on you, great mercy, rich in mercy, aren't you not to have mercy on someone else? The scripture tells us in Matthew 5, 7, 
It tells us, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. I, I think Matthew 10 simply reminds us that what freely you receive, freely you, you give, right? And so here's these people under a hardship. And Peter, by the Holy Spirit, is saying, listen, I want to encourage you. Remember about this living hope you have. It's living. It's not dead. It's active. It's ongoing. And you need to praise God for all that the living hope you have received, this transformation through the resurrection. I want you to get this. When you have a problem, recognize the promises and who said the promises. And when the devil comes to remind you on the left, you let the right say, get out of here. I know in whom I believe. You've got to start walking according to what the Word of God says because there is a real battle out there. And if you're not in the Word, if you're not knowing who God is, and you can't take it like, take a little dab here, a little dab here. You can't read your Bible hit and miss because you miss more than you hit. I love this uh, portion of Scripture. It's in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 12, and it's about prayer. And it's about earthly fathers giving gifts to their uh, earthly sons and daughters and gives good gifts. And then it says, how much more will your heavenly father give unto you who ask? And then there's a verse there in verse 12. Listen to what it says. So then in everything, someone say everything. Everything. Uh, Can anybody tell me what everything means? Yeah, everything. (laughs) You guys are smart. Do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Mercy. You want mercy? Give mercy. He's reminding them, watch this, this is huge. He's reminding them that the people who are persecuting them, as God is rich in mercy, they need to show mercy in the midst of their pressure, in the midst of their problems. You see what I mean? Because that's where joy comes from, is the application Let's look at this. Number two. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. How many of you just love to see the new birth of a baby? Can't wait. Can't wait. I know you guys can't wait too. I think babies are like so awesome. I wish I still had some. I do. She doesn't. But I do. I think because little, little kids and babies, I mean, they just, you know, I don't know. It's just so great. I know you don't think you're a baby, but God sees you as his child. So could you imagine just God coming down, pinching your cheek? Huh? Oh. I want you to get this. This is important. Jesus has given us new birth. Now, we know John 3, 3 says you can't enter the kingdom of heaven unless you are what? Born again. Okay, there's a transformation that takes place. God's given you a new birth. Something happens different in you. I, I like this portion of Scripture. How many know John 3.16? Hmm? I bet you think most of you here know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whoever believes on him shall not, shall not perish but have everlasting life. But let's look at 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God, in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light came into the world, but 
Men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. God gave new birth. This is the whole reason why Jesus came into the world. When he stretched out his arm, he wanted to give new birth. That's what he's encouraging the people who are going through problems. He's saying, listen, you have, you need to praise God because in this living hope, he has great mercy. He's given you a new birth. But when you face a problem and we face a problem, we all face problems. Guess what we do? We forget about this incredible salvation that we have. And we say, God, what have you done for me lately? We don't think about all the promises. We don't think about what he said. And that's where we sometimes go down the tubes. Look at this. Love this scripture. This scripture, I got saved. God transformed me big time. I mean, I left. I had a posse of friends. I left all my friends. God saved me because all my friends were druggies. And God saved me. And I got rid of them. I said, okay, I can't have you guys in my life. You want to come to my parties? Come to my parties. And I'll come to your party until they, until they. I said, you're going to have mixed drinks? I said, we sure are. We're going to have mixed drinks. He said, what are you going to have? I said, we're going to have orange juice and grapefruits. We're going to have Coke. You can mix it with the orange juice if you want. I'm not sure how that's going to go. Um, you can, you know. Uh, and he looked at me like I had an eye right there, like. That's not what I'm talking about. That's all you're going to get at my party. Because I have a high you cannot buy. I got saved and then I found this scripture. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any one, any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things pass away. Behold, all things become new. All this from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. God gave us a new birth. And with a new birth, he gave us a new mission. Man, you can't forget about it. Stop letting life dictate the hardships and the situations and, and everything that comes and anything the enemy wants to throw at you. And sometimes we create a mess ourselves. Don't blame everything on the devil. Look at your neighbor and say, hmm, you might have a point there. But a new birth, if any man be in great, he's a new creature. My wife, you can talk to her if you like, but she came to know the Lord uh, on her own. The day I came to the Lord, the Lord, I mean, God was working on me and stuff, and I just grabbed her hand, and I went, and I went up front and stuff, and I just grabbed her hand. But that, she, she just went with me because I dragged her. That's what guys do sometimes. Come on, honey, come over here, you know. And uh, I'm going, you're going too. And, uh, and so what happened to happen is that she saw my life so changed. And that, this is sometime later, she said, you changed so much. She said, what you had, I knew I needed. You see, and that's exactly what the new birth is about. Jesus should be sticking out of you. Others should see him. That There's something different. He's a little peculiar. <laughs> but there should be something different in you. The new birth. And even when you're in a problem, how are you going to handle the problem? People are watching. People are watching how you handle the problem, how you handle the pressure. Do you have the peace of God? Are you sticking to and saying, I'm not looking at what I see, I'm looking to the one I know? Peter is reminding them, praise the Lord. Remember this living hope, this great mercy, this new birth. Gets me all excited. Look at Colossians. Do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. 
You see what's happening? God's changing you. Verse 11. Here, there is no Greek, no Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and is in all. You see, when God died, he died for all. So when you meet someone that's not a nice person, God died for that person. Love that person anyhow. Show great mercy. Pray. Believe God. Yeah, they don't deserve it. None of us deserve it. That's what it's all about. This is testimony. Testimonies are made out of. And when the testimony is made, that is when great things take place. Let's go to the third one. First Peter 1. Praise be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Wow. You know, when I think of this, this living hope, hope is life. Hope is alive. Hope lives. It's just not some words that we put on here in wood and, and, and just a reminder. Hope is that very essence that causes you to believe God when things don't look too good. I look at hope in life. Have you ever heard a baby's beat in the womb? Huh? It sounds like this. Watch this. I've heard it so many times. Isn't it cool? That's life. That's hope. That is exactly what God is talking about. Encouraging people. There's living hope. A hope. That takes three phases from what he's done in the past, what he's doing in the present, and what he's doing for the future. That's a living hope. It's alive. You see, what living hope is, is sort of like this. There was this couple, and they went to a foreign country, and they wanted to adopt a child. And so they went to this adoption place and the orphanage and met the leaders, and they met all the children. They cleaned all the children up. They put the best of clothes on. And this couple got a chance to meet all the kids. They spent talking to them and stuff. And at the end, the, the couple went up to the leaders of the orphanage there and said, do you have any more kids? And they said, well, we have one more kid. But we didn't bring him out. He said, why? He said, well, he never wants to clean up. He's very, very dirty. He never changes his clothes. He's disobedient. He's just hard to handle. And the, the couple said, could we at least talk with him? The guy said, are you sure? He said, yeah, we'd like to talk with him. So they brought this kid out. The kid had been crying, and, and he had his head down. And so they spent a pot of time with this kid and went up to the leaders of the orphanage. He says, we want to take, take, we want to take this kid. And uh, they just were shocked. He said, why would you want to take this child where he, he's such a problem child? You know, he, he just rebels against anything. He doesn't want to dress, doesn't want to clean, doesn't want to do anything. He's our biggest problem here. While you have all of these kids here that are really good kids and they need a home too. This is what just amazed me. This is, this is the living hope. This is what God did for you and I. He says, you know what? God, is, God has a plan for this child. And he just needs a little love to see it. This is the best part. Get ready for the best part. Then the couple was all ready to take him, and they said, no, 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 we'll clean him up for you before you take him. And the couple said, oh, no, we'll take him just the way he is. 
That is what living hope is. God coming into a present situation to take you right where you are to let you know of his love, his great mercy. As you learn this, this is where you start changing your way you live and the way you think. And Because, see, God wants to just clean you up. Don't come to God. People say, well, you know, I can't come past it until I clean up. You can't. You just can't do it. Only God can clean you up. I know man tries to do with legalism, trying to clean people up. But only God can clean the heart. Come on now, saints. Only God can clean the heart. You see, the heart is all wicked, but God can come in and he rearranges it and he changes it. He transforms it. And all of a sudden he brings new life, a new birth, a transformation. That's what God wants to continue to do in us and, three, and in us and through us. Watch this. There's three things that we can get and remember about our living hope. This is important. First, living hope is anchored in what was done in the past. Living hope is anchored in the resurrection of the dead. There's a portion of scripture we find in Matthew chapter 28. It goes something like this. The, the girls come to the tomb and... and Jesus is not there. And then there's some angels and the angels speak to them. And this is what he says. Do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who, is, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he laid. Then go quickly tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. I have told you. There's about six different occasions that Jesus tells his disciples that what is going to happen to him. Sometimes it's direct and other times it's alluded to. Now, there's repetitions of those six times. But I'm going to tell you something. God continues to tell us what he wants to do. We just have to have ears to hear. But what God did in the past, we need our living hope is connected to the resurrection. For, our, for us believers, the resurrection is the difference between every other religion out there. Everybody else simply has a man, they're dead, and what they've said. That's it. But the scriptures, well, tested and proven true, is a book of over about 40 authors, about 1,600 years, written on three continents in three languages and in those 40 different people, they come from farmers to, to the elite, every walk of man, in a process of 1,600 years with one message of redemption for all humanity. Sorry, saints, but you can't get 10 people to agree on a carpet. This is more than a book. And I love people when they say, this is an archaic book. It's been around for so long. I laugh. You've heard me say it before. I laugh. You're talking about an eternal God. How can an eternal God, anything, be archaic? Our mind frames, we think in such a way that we miss it. Let me share something with you that's personal. The living hope continues in the present. Jesus is alive. Colossians 3 says this. See then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you have died, and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is, your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Can someone say amen? Mm. That's a promise there. 
A living hope is in the present. Connected to your present. Our living hope is connected in the resurrection. But the same power of the past that took place is in the same power in the present. Yesterday, while helping my wife do her car, I got done with, and then I get done with my message. My message was 90% done. I told the Lord, Lord, I'm going to take a break. I'm fatigued. I'm tired. I've been tired for a little bit now. And, and so um, I just wanted to take a rest. And so I took a rest, and she was cleaning her car. And I thought, I'm going to go help her clean her car. Because when my wife cleaned the car, I think that's a miracle right there. It's an act of God. <clears throat> I like clean cars. You'll never see me driving a dirty car. I will, if I drive your car, I'm going to clean it uh, if I have the time. And, uh, and you probably hate me for it. Um, but nevertheless, and so I like my dog hanging around with me, and she does this all the time. There's nothing new about just my dog hanging out with me. Uh, wherever I go, she kind of goes with me. But yesterday, things changed because while we were doing our thing, and the dog usually does her thing, it's no big deal, um, all of a sudden, we hear a giant boom, and uh, someone never saw my dog right in front of the house, and that poor thing flew about 60 feet, twirling and tumbling and uh, the person really never saw the dog. And it's not the person's fault it, because my dog literally, we got it on video camera, just walked, just, I sometimes just want to call her stupid. She's not a stupid dog, but I'm going to tell you something. Um, she, um, yeah, she's stupid. And she walked straight into the road and uh, this, giant, this truck comes this way. She's not afraid of the truck. She sees walking and then another car just passes and once the person hit the dog then she tried to stop or he tried to stop we don't know who they were because they just kept on going but so we had pretty much my dog pretty much out there it was not a good scene and um and my dog was literally dying there's no question about it her eyes were starting to close and um she was looked like she was swollen up and it was just a bad scene and I didn't know how close I was to my dog I guess I (laughs) because all of a sudden I really started to pray and Paula started to pray and I said God um, I named her buddy I said this is my buddy and so I just prayed and I stood with her and it, didn't, and it was just a, everything was in slow motion for a very long time didn't know what to do no hospitals were open it was just a crazy moment we prayed we prayed and all of a sudden um, in the process she gets up and wants to get up and all of a sudden, I'm like, well, that's great, God. That's really good. You know? I mean, because it was, she's like, she's going to die. I'm like, yeah, if God don't do nothing, she's going to die. But I have prayed for my dog before. My dog had cancer. And it was a really bad news from the vet and stuff like this. It was like a short term. And, and I prayed one day. And, um, and uh, a bunch of us prayed for the dog. Actually, we had a group of people pray for the dog. And uh, the next day... The dog looked terribly sick, but the next day she was jumping on me and everything, and I took her off for medicine that day and said, God's touched you, and she never had medicine again. I had her for three and a half years beyond that. So I thank God for that, but I also thank God because I really saw God bring back my dog from the dead, really. And um, so I take her to the hospital after a long time, and kudos to um, uh, Timmy and and Loretta for being there and helping out. And and Timmy is a driver, but, but he scared me, but we got there. Um, and uh, I didn't know if I was going to need a hospital too I mean, <laughs> and we got to the hospital and the doctor checked her out really quick and come out and says well um, your, doc- your dog is fine 
And um, I knew she was good. But what he said was, he said, all she has is a bruise. <laughs> and, um, and so you know, we, we're going to pick her up today. And, and I'm telling you, God, God's living hope is a hope that not only for us, but also for the things that we care about. And God intervened. I mean, I had a dead dog there. I've seen death a lot. I've been surrounded with it for many, many years. I know in the eyes and I can see. And, and, uh, and so I pray the, the power of God can work on all things. If you saw my dog get hit, and some have seen it, she flew 60 feet. She just flew did this thing in and hit the ground. She left the dirt track. You see the track of her just rolling across the, <laughs> the, uh, the yard. Um, it's, just, it's not a pretty sight whatsoever. It's like a rag doll being thrown a, for a large distance and yet only getting a bruise. And I know from what we saw and what we experienced that God touched her. And I just say this is because God is a great God. Someone say God's a great God confess it, whatever problem, whatever situation you come. And you know, when you're down already and something comes and hits you, isn't it great how God shows up and shows off? I just love it. It's just so good. And so I just say, God, you do what you continue to do. So your testimonies continue to uh, be magnified because you're a God into the present. The living hope is to your present. What are you facing? What problem are you facing? What situation? What are you still looking for God to do? What is it? What is it? Your living hope covers it. He's over it all. You say, well, it's only a dog. Well, yeah, it is only a dog, but God cares for dogs. How do I know? Well, it's scriptural. It is, Pastor. Yes, it is. For all animals, matter of fact, even for cows. <laughs> in, in the book, uh, in the, in the story of Jonah, Nineveh, the Lord adds in there the animals that as well that would have faced destruction. God added the animals. How did God, how did God respond or David respond when he heard that the rich man took someone's lamb that was like a daughter to him? Close. So you see, listen, we domesticate these animals but they do become part of a family type of thing. I will tell you, look, look, someone gave me buddy socks. Huh? Huh? <laughs> Today was a perfect example. My wife says, you need to wear your buddy socks. And so I'm like, perfect day to go pick her up with my buddy socks on. God is a God of the present. Hebrews 13.5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Either that is true and God's promises are true or it's not. You have to decide that. Because it will get rough. It will get tough. It will get difficult. It will get hard. It is, sometimes it's not comfortable. These are the people that Peter is talking about. The Spirit of God is speaking through Peter. And Peter is giving it to them so they can be encouraged of what God has provided for them. If we get our eyes off what God has promised us, get our eyes off the living hope, we're going we're gonna to take it and look at something else. Yeah, but I've been hurt. Yeah, I know. We live in a fallen world. It's going to happen. But you can cause that to be a stepping stone and not a stumbling stone. You, 
You can allow not what someone else has done, but take what has been done and allow God to use it so you become stronger and for it. That you can now say, okay, God, what are you going to do with this? I give it to you. He's that type of God. You can do that. Number three, live in hope promises eternal life in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Future provision. Some would say future. This, this is really exciting. I have this little saying, you haven't, the best is yet to come. You haven't seen nothing yet. I almost want to break out with a song. You haven't seen nothing yet. You know, and just, never mind. But we have to keep asking ourselves, who are we living for? Who are we living for? Are we living for ourselves? Or are we really living to glorify the God in which has provided a living hope for us? Are we living for Him? And you have to understand, why am I living for Him? Am I living for Him because I want benefits of the blessing? Or do I live for Him because I simply love my God because my God has shown me so much love? Or has been there? And sometimes people can't even see that the, He's been there all, all the way. He said, well, my, I don't think He's been there. No, He's been there. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. If you know me, and you probably heard me share that I've had a lot of accidents in my life. Bad accidents. I've been electrocuted, scuba diving accident. I've had a 350-pound man fall on my head 25 feet in the air, direct on my head. I can go on. I've had a lot of accidents. But I survived every single one of them. God stepped in. And even when I was on surgery, when I wasn't even sa- I almost died on the, in a surgery. And even when I wasn't even saved, there had been so many things. Motorcycle accidents. That could have been really, really bad because I was stupid. And not even thinking of a life of another. Stupid. And yet, and yet, interventions. Head-on collisions. Just, I just want to say that we go through the mess, but God promises to bless. Hang in there. Look at your neighbor and tell him, hang in there. God is with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9 says, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no mind has conceived. But God has prepared for those who love him. I mean, this is good stuff. Jesus was walking to Samaria, and he came to a well. And he looked at the Samaritan woman, and he saw that she had something to draw with. And so Jesus said, hey, give me some drink. The Samaritan woman looked at Jesus and says, Me, a Samaritan woman, you would you ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? And Jesus said this to her. It's really kind of powerful. He said, If you would have asked me for living waters, you would never have to come here and drink no more. Jesus said, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I want, I want you to get this. That your living hope is a living hope that's done in the past, that works in the present, and that is working for your future in eternity because of what Jesus has done through the resurrection. There is such a good package deal. How many of you like the package deal? You know what I mean? You like a package deal that covers it all? The salvation that you have is not something to take lightly. You need to share this with other people. When's the last time you shared the greatest message on the face of this earth called your salvation? 
the message of the gospel. When's the last time you shared it with an unbeliever that doesn't understand what God has done for them, doesn't understand what God really has for them, doesn't understand the great plan and the great love that he actually has because each person has such great value. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 says this, but Christ has indeed been risen, raised from the dead. That was my accent, just came out there. Risen. And the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. You see, Jesus Christ had to come in the form of a man to be able to be that one sacrifice. Peter is encouraging those individuals in Asia Minor that are under great persecution, that have been scattered all over the place, and he's reminding them to praise God and remind them of the benefit of this living hope. Why? Why is he doing that? Do they not know it? Yeah, they know it. But when we face problems, we forget it. When we face the pressures, we forget it, and we're like, God, what are you going to do? And God says, don't worry, I, have I not already performed great feats already? Think about some of the great feats that God has done in your life. Think about it. Is he done yet? No. Is your book still being written? Yes. Then trust him. Then trust him. Why don't you just say, I trust you, Lord. You've got to trust and not rust. Something that's down deep in my heart. Living hope. Listen to this. Write this down. Living hope enables us to live without despair. Living hope allows us to live without despair. We despair because we forget the living hope and the benefits that are in the living hope. You see, there are things that come and hit us. You know, when I woke up in the morning, I never thought I was going to have an accident and see the whole blooming thing before my eyes and just go through the process. And, you know, I just want to say that things happen suddenly. And you need to remember the God of the suddenly is there. Amen? Amen. Let me close with this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it's a powerful verse. Verse 16, it says, Therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light of momentary, tr momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. You see, this is what the salutation in 1 Peter is trying to do to the people on the problems. And now he'll go on to the inheritance, the blessings and the benefits. But you can't get past this, this, this major topic of he's talking about this great salvation of a living hope, of great mercy all found in the resurrection. This is a key message for you saints. Key message of sharing it. Don't just keep it in the heart. Share it with a soul.
Because people need it. People need it. And that's the most important. Can you stand to your feet? You know, when we look at a living hope, sometimes there are situations that seem hopeless. I would tell you today that yesterday I thought I was at a hopeless situation. Everything looked hopeless. I actually had a moment struggling to see hope because I seen a living vessel leaving and I've seen many do that in many different ways. Whether it's an animal or whether it's a person, there's something about life. Life is a beautiful gift of God. God is life. Let me ask you, those online and those here, you know, where is your relationship with Jesus Christ? I mean, how often do you think about this living hope? And can I remind you, as Peter is reminding the people, let us not go through problems and, 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 and allow our problems to become that very thing that drains us. Because problems can drain you if you focus on the problem, but Jesus can fill you if you focus on Him. I'm telling you. Oh, I have some, I have some books on this <laughs> that are deep in my heart. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, those watching online, those here, if you haven't never said, Jesus, come into my heart, if you've never said, Father, forgive me of my sin, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us. We've all sinned. I've sinned, you sinned. That's why Jesus Christ came. This is what changes us and to have a new birth that all things pass away. God changes and heals everything on the inside as we yield to Him. He does something on the inside. He changed me with all of the mess that I had, all of the past. One moment, He changed me. Now, calling me into the ministry was not my idea. <laughs> but He did. And I'm glad He did. But maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching online. And you need to ask yourself a question. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Because just as I share the accident with my dog, it, accidents happen every single day. Trust me. Sometimes it's where I live. The more lives you're connected to, the more stuff happens in people's lives. It can happen. Things can change. But are you ready, 100% ready? If you're not, just say right now, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. I need you. I don't want to do life without you. I've sinned. I need you to forgive me. Today, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I believe today you died for me and you rose on the third day to defeat death, sin, and the grave. And you want to now lead me. For I choose today you, Jesus, and I want to live with you for eternity. If you said that, if you said that in your heart, raise your hand right where you are. Just raise your hand. Just say, I did that. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, you put your hand down. Yes. Maybe by online, you say, yeah, I need Jesus. Just right where you are, right where you are. Just be bold. Be bold. Be strong, you know. God was strong and bold for you to go to the cross. You can raise your hand and say, God, I'm all yours. We just need to be bold again for what is true. 
I'm going to pray for you. If you can, if someone's next to you, put your hand on their shoulder. Reach out, touch your brother on your shoulder. It's all good. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we are so grateful for who you are. We thank you because you are a good and great God. We ask God that you, Father, would do a work. That you, God, would continue to do what you desire to do in us as we look unto you. There are so many, God, who need to know the message of this living hope. And as you are encouraging believers, Lord, we need to do both that and those yet who have not heard. And so, Father, we give you praise and we give you honor. We give you glory. We ask that your Holy Spirit would have his way in us and through us. Empower us, God, as we desire more of you and less of ourselves. God, will you touch each one here and each one watching online. And may their hearts look unto you. And as they decide right now to live for you, I pray a blessing. I pray you guide them and bring them into a church that they can grow in you we ask this in jesus name amen amen can you give god some praise in the house of the lord